0: Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So before we get started with today's topic, I just want to talk about the last podcast episode I did where I interviewed um, Dina. I wanted to just really quickly mention that Mental illness is not at all something to take lightly, so if you need to seek professional help, absolutely, there's nothing wrong with that. I've always been a strong advocate for mental health, and I just don't want anyone to think that, you know, I'm in that interview, I was just brushing it off, like, oh, nobody should get mental health and go and seek help. Not at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. That was her experience. Everyone has his or her own unique experience. So if you need to seek professional help, by all means, please do. All right. So today, I wanted to talk to you about imposter syndrome. I had one of my loyal listeners reach out to me and say, have you ever done a podcast or thought about doing one on imposter syndrome? And I said, No, I haven't. Because quite honestly, I had never heard of it. I didn't know what it was, so I had to look it up, and I'm glad she asked me about it because um, I think that there are moments when probably everyone experiences this at some time in their life. It is a real thing, so I want to talk to you today about what is imposter syndrome and how you can deal with it. What can you do to help and manage this? So, imposter syndrome, what is it? If you've ever felt like you didn't belong where like people were going to discover that you were a fraud, so let's say you are in a job, and you feel like you didn't really get that job because you are an expert or because you know what you're doing, but you got that job because of pure dumb luck. You were in the right place at the right time, and you really don't have what it takes to be where you are. That's kind of like what imposter syndrome is. If you feel like you don't deserve what you have, Or you feel like you don't know everything you need to know, or you think others know way more than you do, so you kind of feel like a fraud there. That is imposter syndrome. And I'm going to talk about kind of who suffers from it, what it is really. It affects all kinds of people. It affects men, women, it affects people who are in high-level fields, like medical students. It affects marketing managers, actors, executives, I mean, it affects everyone. It's the idea that you've only succeeded due to dumb luck and that your talents or qualifications aren't really what got you where you are, as I cited before. It was first identified in 1978 by psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. Now they stated that this syndrome uniquely affected women but since then there has been a lot more research do- research done that shows that both men and women experience the imposter feelings it's applicable to anyone who isn't able to internalize their own success so who does it affect so perfectionists perfectionists tend to set extremely high expectations for themselves and even if they reach almost all of their goals, let's say they reach 99.9% of their goals, they're still going to feel like a failure if they make any small mistake that causes them to question their own competence. Experts, people who are experts in a field, they feel they need to know everything about that particular field, and they're always looking for new trainings or new certifications to get to improve their um, their skills. And if they don't feel like they meet all of the qualifications for a job, they won't apply. And I know for me, like I felt this way myself. When I've been looking for a job before, I've looked at the, the job requirements. And if there was like one thing that I didn't know, I'd be like, oh, never mind, because they'll see right through the fact that I don't know. And it could be something stupid, like, you need to know MS... Excel, you know, Microsoft Excel, and I would be like, Oh, I don't really know Excel that well, I better not know. And that's something easily trainable, right? But I would be like, No, I'm not going to do it. So if they don't meet all of the criteria in that job, they may just be hesitant to apply. There are people who they don't want to ask a question in a class or speak up in a meeting because they're afraid that they will look stupid. And I'm going to tell you that was me before too. I had a job one time and I mean, instead of asking questions, I would just be like, well, I don't really know, but I'll just do it this way because I don't want them to feel like I'm stupid and that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not qualified for this job. And I would sincerely do that. And then it's just that I learned that I made a few big mistakes that. They're like, why didn't you just ask if you didn't know? And I'm like, well, I don't want to look stupid, but now I look even more stupid. So from those experiences, I learned to start asking questions. That if I don't know, just ask questions. It's, you know, not a big deal. But back then, I was so afraid to ask. So part of that whole imposter syndrome is that you don't want to ask questions either in a classroom setting or at work because you don't want to look like you're stupid for not knowing the answer. And then there's the person who is the natural genius. They are usually able to do anything. But if they have to struggle or work hard to accomplish something, then they feel like this means they're not good enough. They're used to their, you know, everything coming easily to them. And then when they have to put in effort, their brain tells them that they're an imposter because this is the proof. Like, you couldn't do this easily, and normally you can do everything easily. And, you know, you or I might think of that and go, oh, my gosh, like, really? Because you had to work a little bit harder at something? If everything comes to you naturally, that, that makes you think that? But, yeah, it's your brain signaling to you, like, well, normally you're able to do everything easily, and this was a struggle. So you must be an imposter, Um, People who also feel they have to accomplish tasks on their own, they don't want to ask anyone else for help. These are sometimes called soloists. If they ask for help, then their brain signals to them that they must be a failure. And I think it's because people who are used to being alone, used to doing things on their own, it's like, I've got this, I can do this, I'm used to doing it. But then when you have to go and ask and this is me, too. Honestly, I've told you before, this has been a big lesson in my life as going to people and asking for help. Well, when you're used to having to survive on your own and do everything on your own, then when you have to go ask somebody, it makes you feel like you're a failure. Like, even though you've done all of these other things, if you have to ask for help for one thing, it means you're a failure. And I kind of see this in my own mom, too, because when she got sick, you know, with cancer, and they did fundraisers and no none of us like ask people to do a fundraiser people were just like we want to do fundraisers because my mom is so much in the community doing things for others that people wanted to give back to her and at first she couldn't accept it because she was like well I feel really bad that people are giving me money like I can't take it and it's that She's so used to doing that for everyone else when it was time for her to accept it. She couldn't accept it. And it sort of, I think, made her feel like a failure. Like, why are people giving me money? Like, I'm out here. Like, I need money now. And this is a bad thing. It's just our brains telling us that. And then you have people who are like Superman. They feel like they have to push themselves harder. And they have to work harder than everyone else around them to prove to themselves that they're not imposters. They feel the need to succeed in all areas of their lives. So these are like people sometimes you see who try to do 500 million things and have so much on their plate and they feel stressed out when they're not accomplishing something. So it might be that woman that you see who's the president of the PTA and also runs a company and also you know she has like 50 things going on and you're like how how in the world is she doing all of that so they feel like they have to accomplish something in order to not feel like they're a failure or a fraud so you can see that any number of these things and you may fit into one category you may fit into multiple or maybe you're like no this isn't me at all but maybe you know somebody like that so it's interesting Because I saw a few of my own characteristics in those that I was explaining. There were a few of them. I'm like, oh, I could see myself in that. So why do people experience this? Why is that? I don't know that there is a definite answer to that. But it has something to do with anxiety. When you were a kid, if you ever felt like your grades were never good enough for your parents or if you ever felt like you had siblings that were better than you in certain areas, it can have that lasting effect, you know? And parents don't mean to do that. They don't. But I know, I can remember like being a kid. We were kind of ranked in where we were as far as grades. And my mom didn't, it's not like she went out and got a poster board and put us on there and we got trophies. I'm not talking about that. She did it without realizing she was doing it. Like, we knew the grades that we all got. We knew. Like, I knew what grades my sister got. I knew what grades my brother got. My brother was in all honors classes, was, like, a straight-A student. I did not try as much as I could have. I will be totally honest because I just didn't really care that much. I mean, I did try, but not, like, I didn't care if I was in honors classes. And so I had A's and B's in, like, an occasional C. And I did take, like, some college prep classes, but it was very, very much evident that my brother was, like, the smartest, and then was me. And then my poor sister, who struggled, and you've heard about this if you listen to our podcast we did together, you know, she had hearing problems, and she just struggled. She had a lot of learning problems, I think, growing up that today would have been categorized as, yo, you have a learning disability, and we will help you. But back then it was just like, well, just do your best, you know. So she would struggle sometimes to get C's. And my mom, like, pointed that out and would say, why can't your brother and sister get, you know, these grades? And now we think about that and we're like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. But that's what parents did. I mean, she's not the only person that ever did that. Like, I know my friends, their parents would do the same things, you know. And we knew, we knew like, oh, he's better than us at grades. And like, even still, sometimes he'll be a little condescending about like intelligence. And I'm just like, what? You know, like grades don't mean any, like I'm a teacher and I know it doesn't prove that you're smarter than anyone else. So it's just just like, that's a little trigger, you know, from childhood, but maybe your sibling was better at sports. Like, this was like with my kids. Allie, like, she just naturally would get out there and play basketball and softball and tennis. Like, any, it's like any sport she tried. She'd just get out there and they would hand her the equipment or whatever, and she'd just do it and had natural ability. She just did. And my son, on the other hand, though he was athletic, it didn't come to him as easily as it did his sister. And I think that that was probably also, It I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, we didn't mean to make him feel bad about anything like that, but he or she would have all these medals, and he would play, they would be put in the same sport, and he didn't have them, you know, and it, it is what it is. it is, it's the way it worked out, but I could see how that would leave an effect, and that makes me feel bad even thinking about that right now. But that can happen in your childhood if you were not good enough for your parents or your sibling excelled and you felt jealous about that that can lead to you feeling like you're an imposter growing up because it's like you are always trying to prove something to somebody whether it's your own self or others around you it's like you always feel like you have something to prove And if you have anxiety anyway, that doesn't help on top of that. But also, factors outside of a person can also contribute to that. If you work in a place where there is institutionalized discrimination, you may feel like you have to look more confident, feel more confident, be more confident, and you may feel like You know, if I don't live up to this standard, people are going to know I'm a fraud. Or if you're in a group and there are stereotypes, I mean, that can make you feel that way for sure. When you're in school and if you went to college and if you had a group of friends, you know, people will categorize you as, I remember we did it in school, like, oh, the group of girls over there, They, we would call them the preps. You know, they always had perfect hair and makeup and the latest fashion and whatever, and were popular. And then you had the the athletes, right? The boys who were, but they were also called the preps. And then we had the group of kids who were called the freaks, and I don't know why we called them that, but they were the kids who like kind of got in trouble sometimes maybe smoked and drank and like you knew that and they wore a certain type of clothes. I mean, everyone was categorized. I don't know what group I belonged into, maybe the Invisibles. I don't know if that was a thing, but I would just sort of fit in wherever. I would just, you know... Later I found out a lot of people thought I was snotty because I just was shy and I didn't want to talk. You know, I would talk if you talked to me, but I wouldn't seek anyone out to talk to them. So people will definitely categorize you and that causes those kinds of things too because if you're in a certain group you may feel like i have to prove that i belong in this group so i've got to keep buying cool clothes i have to keep wearing the makeup i have to keep doing the things to make sure that i don't like lose the respect of the people in this group so there are many contributing factors to what causes imposter syndrome so here's the question how do you deal with it one of the first things that you can do is to realize that your feelings, it's okay to have them and we need to acknowledge them, but then we need to be able to put them into perspective. So as those feelings come up for you, like let's say that you're a soloist and your coworker is, you're supposed to be working together and they don't seem to be doing what they you need to be getting done. So you just go in and do it because you're like, I got to rely on myself and I have to do it. And you go in there and you do the work. And sometimes people will call you a martyr for doing that, right? When really, that's not why you did it. You didn't do it to go in there and to take all of the credit. But your brain is telling you, I need to go in here and do this or it's not going to get done. And I don't want to be the one getting yelled at with this person when, you know, they're the ones who didn't do it. I just want to make sure it gets done. It can also lead you to take on way more than you should. You know, we know when we were in school, we had those kids. You'd you'd get put in a group project, and you're like, oh, great. I'm going to get put with this kid who doesn't do anything, or they wait till the last minute, and I'm going to have anxiety and panic about the fact that this person's not doing their job until the very end. So you just go in and do all the work. And that's not good either. So what can you do? Well, you need to acknowledge your feelings. So why are you feeling that way? And then in a situation like that, I would most certainly... Talk to the person and say, look, we've got to get this accomplished. You and I are supposed to be doing this together. So you need to get in and do your part. So you need to speak your truth. And be prepared also to have a conversation with your supervisor or whatever to say, this is what I'm doing. This person isn't doing their part. So sometimes it's about that healthy boundary of saying, I don't have to do it all. I can do my part and I can be willing to stand up and say to the boss, this is what I did. What did this person do? So that's not always easy, though. It's not comfortable, especially if you already have anxiety. But another thing you can do is look at your thoughts and reframe them. So let's say a thought comes up that says, this person's not doing their work. Maybe they're just waiting. They're doing other things. I don't know. We don't know what they're thinking. So maybe reframing our thought of, okay, I'm just going to get started and I'm going to do my part. And I'm going to do exactly 50% of the work. And maybe if I start doing this, they'll see them and, you know, come in and join. And If not, there's nothing I can do about it. If they don't do their work, there's nothing I can do about that. I am not in control of what the other person does. So it's about kind of reframing your thought. Minding your mind, basically, which everything is really about. But it can also be helpful to talk to someone else when you're feeling that way. Like, go talk to someone that you trust and say, I'm feeling this way, I don't really know what to do. It's also really important to understand and value constructive criticism. That is one thing that worked for me, because when I was afraid, like, oh, if I ask a question, I'm gonna they're going to think I'm stupid. I don't worry about that anymore. And now when someone says to me, and... It's complicated because it depends on who the person is and their tone. You have to know who the person is who's speaking to you. And if they're giving you criticism, you have to be strong enough in yourself to know they're just trying to make you a better person and to get you to do a better job. And that's it. And that is it. And you have to leave everything else behind, which is hard. Because if someone gives you a look or they say something in a certain tone You want to take it personally and you want to think, this person thinks I'm an idiot, this person thinks this, this person thinks that. First of all, who cares what they think about you? I mean, I know they're your boss, but at the end of the day, what they really think about you doesn't matter. We have rules and things set up in companies for a reason. So someone can't just fire you or pick on you for no reason. Like you have to be doing a crappy job and different things. So be confident in who you are, and know that it does not matter what this person thinks about me. And also, if you can look at what they say, and take the sting out of it, right? Like, think about that they weren't saying it to you, but they were saying it to a coworker, and you heard it. What would you take away from that? Like, were they picking on that person? Or were they just trying to give some constructive criticism? because valuing constructive criticism is actually a good thing instead of taking it personally. And I used to take it personally. If I didn't get a perfect teacher evaluation, I'm like, what? That is so mean. You know, they're pegging on me. And that's not true. It's this is your good here. But this is how you can be better. And when you learn to take that criticism, so that you make yourself better. Okay, that is what it's all about. And it's process there's a learning curve there because you have to learn to stop taking everything that's said and feeling the emotion that comes with it you've got to be able to turn that off which is hard but it is possible turn off the emotion that comes with it and instead if someone just came up if a person who showed absolutely zero emotion and they just came up to you and said those words what would that mean like it's probably just means hey Can you do this to be better at doing your job, which isn't a bad thing. It's just trying to improve your ability, improve who you are. And it doesn't mean you're a fraud. It doesn't mean you're a fake. It means I am always learning. I can always be better. And that's true. When you learn to humble yourself a little bit and to accept the criticism, not because, you know, they're picking on me, but instead to accept the criticism because criticism doesn't have to be a negative thing. And I wish we could come up with a different word, you know, constructive criticism. People still hear criticism and they're still like, "Ah, oh, they're picking on me. No, that's not what it is. You know, people will write to me sometimes about my podcast and say, you know, like, one person said one time like well you know you've had the same topics lately I'm like okay yeah you know what I don't realize that because when I stop and ask and I do my meditation what do people need to hear sometimes the same topic comes up because I guess spirit thinks you need to hear it again but if other people who are listening get tired of that of course I want to be better so you have to be able to take what people tell you and be better with it you know and not take it You could get really mad. Like, I could have gotten mad and been like, that person's a jerk. And now I'm just never going to do another podcast. Oh, see how they like it? I'm just not going to do any more. Now you only have repeats. How you like them apples, you know? I mean, it could have gone that way. I could have been upset or mad about the criticism. But instead, I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably true. And I went back and looked. I'm like, yeah, it is true. And I should be better about that. And so I tried to do something to fix it. There's a very fine line, but you have to learn how to look at things like an objective observer. And one of the things that I think helps so much in doing that is in writing things down. Write it down like you're just reporting something that happened, like reporters should report today with no bias, right? There's no opinion here. Just write it down like it just happened. Now, what's really going on? What did that trigger in you? Because it triggered something. It triggered that feeling of, I'm a fraud. Why did it trigger it? What causes that? And then you might start to think, like, oh, when I was a kid, this happened. I got compared to my sister all the time. And boy, that made me feel really bad. And now every time someone tells me that I need to do a better job, I think about how I was compared to her. And I'm never going to measure up to that. And we can take that and we can start learning from it and changing ourselves. We can say, you know what? I don't, have to, I don't have to be my sister. I don't have to be as good as my sister. I just have to be who I am. I don't have to be better than anyone else. I just need to be me. But I need to be the best version of me. And the way I do that is by taking this criticism and putting it into action. So my boss said that I need to start being better about being on time at work. Well, that's true I need to be better with time management so maybe I can go home and think of ways I can do things the night before so when I get up and I go, I'm on time, you know, it's just making me a better person. So you're not taking the criticism like they think I'm an idiot and a horrible person because I'm late every day. No, they're just telling you, you need to be on time, you know, people are counting on you. And it's just a way for you to be better. And I I don't know why that being on time came to me, but it did. So You know, there are lots of ways that we can be better. And everyone is going to have a moment of doubt now and then. That's totally normal. The important thing is not to allow the doubt to control you. And the way we do that is by saying to ourselves, I'm human. I'm going to cut myself some slack. I'm going to write this down and I'm going to look at what this is really about. Because it's not really about what this is about. You know what I mean? It never really is when it's, you know, somebody telling you, like, you need to be on time. And you're like, oh, my gosh, they're picking on me. And it's the end of the world. And everyone thinks I'm an idiot. That's not what it's about at all. It's not. No one's saying that. They're just saying, hey, you could do this a little better. And you just... Make the decision that I'm not going to take it personally. I'm not going to get my emotions involved in this. And I'm not going to obsess and think about it constantly. That's the other thing. If something happens, I used to be this way. I would, oh my gosh, this happened and I couldn't sleep. And I'd go to bed thinking about what happened. Let it go. It's not going to help you to dwell on it. It's just robbing you of your peace. And one way that you can let it go is write it down. What happened? Okay, well, I'm going to reframe my thought instead of saying, my boss is always picking on me, we're going to reframe it to my boss really wants me to be a better employee. And he's always willing to give me tips to help me improve myself. And I'm going to start taking those tips. We can always reframe things in a more positive way. And I think tappings are great too. Because when you get that cycle of I can't quit thinking about that thing or we've got to reset our brains and so tapping is a great way to do that tap for feeling like you're not enough feeling like you're an imposter I'm sure there's a tapping out there and if not I will create one for that I don't know but I would assume that Brad Yates probably has a tapping out there for feeling like a fraud or feeling like an imposter go and look for it and do a tapping because it really does help it helps so much to just put everything into perspective. So, so much. And just know, most of the time, this is our ego. These are our anxieties. These are our fears and worries talking to us. And our whole journey here is about learning how to kill that ego, to just let it die. It doesn't do us any good anymore. It's about unlearning all the things we've learned, the things people told us about ourselves that you won't measure up to that person, that you're not good enough. Those are lies. Those are lies. And you've got to start telling yourself truths. I'm enough. I'm good enough. I have enough. I don't need to be better than so-and-so. I just need to be the best me that I can be. And if that means there are things I need to do to improve, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to realize that's just making me a better person. But I don't have to compare myself to anyone. And, you know, if if you're at a new job and you feel like there's a learning curve and you're trying to figure out how to get it all done, there's no shame in that. You don't have to be the fastest learner and get it all done and have it all figured out. Nobody wants you to do that. And if you've replaced someone and someone was a superstar at their job, you don't have to live up to that. You know, I mean, people will make comments sometimes which are rude and whatever. That's people. You've got to ignore that and just say, I am going to be the best me I can be. I'll never be that person because I'm not that person. But I can try to be the best at it that I can be. And that's all you can do. That's all you can do. You are enough. Okay. The universe says it all the time. You are enough. You have enough. Don't worry about it. All right, guys. Well, I pulled a card for you today and the card I pulled is from my deck divine whispers and it's have confidence in yourself. The universe is asking you to have confidence in yourself and your abilities today. You have everything you need right now to be successful. And guys, I literally, this moment, picked up my deck and picked out a card and this is what came out. You can't make this up. You have everything you need right now to be successful. Open your solar plexus chakra and know that you are worthy and deserving of everything that you wish to see in your life. Imagine a yellow light just above your belly button. This is where your solar plexus chakra is. Now take a moment to breathe in deeply and imagine that yellow light getting brighter and brighter. With each deep breath in, you begin to feel your confidence soar. Have faith in yourself, my love, just as the universe has faith in you. See yourself with the loving eyes of God because he sees you with such adoration. You can do anything you set out to accomplish. You have a few mantras that go with this card. It's, I can do anything. I can accomplish all of my goals. I love, accept, and trust myself. I am worthy. I am confident in all that I do. All right, guys. I love that. I love it. And I love you guys. And I want to thank you so much for always being here with me. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave me a positive review from wherever you're listening. You could leave me some stars on iTunes. That would be amazing. Thank you to those of you who have already done it. Share this podcast with anyone you feel it might help. I really appreciate you sharing it. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. If you show up for the live, I will pull a card especially for you. Also, I have videos on Instagram and IGTV, and I have free guided meditations on my YouTube channel. Go check all of that out and subscribe. Also, if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, MelissaOpen.com. There you will see a list of services I offer, and you can book directly from the website. You can purchase your session, and then just contact me. and We'll schedule it. All sessions are done online through Zoom, so you never have to leave the comfort of your own home. I want to thank you so much for being here with me, as always. I am sending you guys so much love and light. Have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.